going through a series of messages entitled Rumors. And just talking about all kinds of rumors that are out there, and in particular concerning our faith. And the rumor today that we're going to be looking at is, is about the church. And one, one of the rumors out there is that really when it comes down to it, the church is not really all that important. I mean, if you think about today, we live in, you know, when I think about religion, well, many people think about religion. Religion is sort of, it's pre-science. Uh, it's been around for a long time, but now we are technologically advanced. We are very well educated. So really, I mean, what is, what is the purpose of the church? I mean, does the church really make a difference? And that's what I want us to look at today, is, is the, the importance of the church. Is it important? Because I'm going to be honest with you. As the guy who stands up here and talks to y'all, I'll be honest. The church, just in general to me, on the surface, is kind of a strange thing. And I think from my perspective, I think, why in the world would people gather together? You know, we get together in this large room, and then, like, I stand up before y'all, and I talk. How weird is that? I'm thinking, y'all, this is my job. And I'm thinking, this is a weird job. You know, why, wh what is the relevance of it? You know, what, does the church matter? Why, why in the world? I, I, and I'll, man, sometimes I come here and I'm thinking, why are y'all here? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just simply up here talking. Well, here's the deal. It's not, it's not that I'm just up here talking. It is... It's about the content of what we are talking about. We are talking about what is in this book. And this book is also known as, y'all want to share with me? I mean, other than the Bible. It's God's Word, right? And so this is a message that God has for people. And so we are gathered here as a church trying to figure out is the church really all that important? And I'll be honest with you, there are times whenever the church has not done that great of a job of selling itself. I mean, sometimes you hear about churches that gather together and they meet. And have you all heard this before? Did you all know that there are times whenever churches actually don't, when the people in the church don't get along? Did you all know that? It's shocking, isn't it? Uh, sometimes they argue about things like the color of the carpet. Uh, sometimes we gather together and as believers we can argue about the kind of of music that we play and I will have people every once in a while tell me and now our band is the best I've ever heard I love our band but there are times when people say you know what I don't like the music here and and, and y'all sometimes I will say you know what there's some songs I don't like either you know because my it's not my some of the music's not my druthers but you know what the content is what matters and so sometimes we don't do a good job of selling ourselves because we like to argue, we like to fight sometimes with one another. And so that brings me back to the major rumor, does the church matter? You know, does, does the church, is it really all that important for us today? And so here's the great thing. Today we're going to look into the Bible and we're going to see that one thing that we can know for certain is that the church, even today, is still important. Now, I'm not telling you all this because this is the way that I make a living. I'm telling you this because this is what the Bible says. And so if you have your Bible, I want you to look with me in Hebrews chapter 10, and we're going to look in verse number 24 in just a few moments. This is probably every pastor's favorite scripture 
whenever he gets to talk to the church, and you're going to see why in just a few moments. Now, the writer of Hebrews, we don't know who he is, but he was writing to a group of Christians who were probably living in Italy during this time. And the church, as usual, is in trouble. They're undergoing persecution because of their faith. And so what they needed was a word of encouragement. Let me ask you a question. Any of y'all need a word of encouragement occasionally? Any of y'all say, would any of y'all admit that we are living in a world that's tough? That's living in a world that is dark. That we're living in a world where we think, is there, I mean, my gosh, is there anybody who cares about what's happening to me? Is there anything that can make a difference in my life as I look at my family, as I look at my children, as I look at the state of the, of the world, as I see where our values are going? Are there any of y'all that feel like, man, I am alone? And I'm wondering, is there any hope? Now, sometimes we live in a time when we'd say that being a follower of Jesus is not always the most popular thing to do. I mean, if you decide that you're going to follow after God and you're going to be serious about his word, there are going to be some people that are going to look at you and they're going to think that you're like a Neanderthal, that you're old-fashioned, that the faith that you have is antiquated. And sometimes we just feel like running away from it. And sometimes I think, you know what the easiest course of action would be? Would just to, hey, let's just blend in with everybody else. But Jesus was able to see that that's the kind of world that we're going to eventually live in. And one thing we cannot do as believers is we cannot run away and hide from the world in which we're living. I mean, Jesus said in Matthew 5, 16, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Now, what does that mean? It means that if we are going to impact this world, y'all remember the song? Hide it under a bushel? No, what are you going to do? Man, did y'all like grow up in church? Hide it under a bushel? No, I'm going to what? Well, let it shine. I'm going to get James back in here, and we're just going to sing that song. Uh, one of my, we can do it in rounds. All right, now that is, that's the thing about the church. The, the idea of the church is that we are here to shine so that people will see who God is. Okay, so back to the original question. Okay, the rumor is the church isn't that important. So if that's the rumor, then what does the Bible say? Well, it shares with us some reasons why the church is important. Why is the church important? Look in verse number 24. It says, And let us be concerned about one another in order to promote love and good works. You know the church is important? One of the reasons why it's important is because it is a place where you should find love. Would you all agree with that? You all remember a couple weeks ago I talked about how the one of the rumors in the church is that we are not supposed to judge anyone? Okay, now some of you might say, well, that seems to contradict what you're saying today, that we are that we're to be a people of love. But guys, are there times when you can say that when you judge somebody, correct somebody, hold somebody accountable, that that is an example of love? How many of y'all are parents in here? How many have loved your children so much 
that you beat the tar out of them. I'm just kidding about beating the tar out of them. Okay, right? Now, why did you discipline your child? Just other than the fact that maybe you're a little bit aggravated. Why did you discipline your child? Would you say it's because ultimately that you love them, right? I mean, would you say that? Okay, kids, you're all saying you're lying right now. I promise you when you become a kid, when you become a parent, you're going to be in here and you're going to be the first people when you hear this to say, amen, brother. Yes, sir. Now, there are times when we love people by sharing truth with them. Now, the word love used in verse number 24 is the word agape, agape love. And agape love is a kind of love where you love somebody so much that you're willing to put them ahead of yourself, that you love them so much that you're willing to sacrifice for them, that you love them so much that you're willing to tell them the truth, even if it means that when you tell them the truth that they might be ticked off at you because you love them. They might say, well, why would I want to love anybody like that? Because that is the way Jesus loves you. Jesus loved you so much that he came and gave his life for you on a cross that you might experience forgiveness and have your debt of sin paid for. Jesus loved you and me so much that he left the realm of heaven and entered into our broken world that he might touch you. Now, whenever you are loved like that, you change your life. When you experience love like that, it it changes you. You know, I can have a bad day, and I can be frustrated, and I can gripe, but if I come home and I have my wife or my children come up to me and give me a hug and say, I love you, do you know that changed my attitude? It changes my, my outlook. Love is powerful. And so as we come together as a church, one thing that we are to do is we are to display love for one another because it transforms our lives like Jesus changed us. I mean, Jesus said in John 13, 35, by this all men will know that you're my disciples by the love you have for one another. A major purpose of the church, according to our text today, is to promote love. If you go back to verse 24 again, It says, and let us be concerned about one another in order to promote love and good works. We are to promote love in the church. That word promote, it means to incite or to spur on. Now that makes me think of a cowboy. When a cowboy is wearing spurs and he puts the spurs to a horse, what what does it do to a horse when 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 he's spurred? What does it do? Would you say it motivates the horse? Yeah, it motivates the horse. It makes the horse move. It gets the horse running faster. When we come into the church, gather together as a church, we are to spur each other on in love so that we will love other people. Why? So that people will see Jesus. So that people will see the kind of love that God has for people. You know, one thing that should never happen when you come here, you should never come here and leave here having a desire not to like people. You you should come here and then leave here having a desire to love people. Now, unfortunately, whenever people think about the church sometimes, I mean, just in general, a lot of times they think of what the church is against 
instead of what the church loves. Guys, as a church, we are to be people of love. We are to incite people to love. Now, that doesn't always happen. Paul had a problem with the Corinthian church when he said in 1 Corinthians 11, he said, your meetings do more harm than good. In the first place, I hear that when you come together as a church, there are divisions among you, and to some extent, I believe it. Now, while that's not a good testimony, that does give me hope because it reminds me that there have always been problems in the church, even the church that Paul pastored. There's always been trouble. Guys, people in our nature, we like to fight. But the church is important because the, a, mark, a distinguishing mark of the church is that we are to be a people of love. And our world desperately needs to see love in action today. Watch the news. We are living in a train wreck of a world right now. We're living in a world where people are being killed, where people are being demeaned all around us. And church, we have an opportunity today to shine like never before. And the best way that we can shine for Jesus is to be a people who love like God loves us. How does God love us? He has an agape love for us, which is a self-sacrificing love where we put others before ourselves. So is the church important? Is the church important for today? Well, I see the church is important for today because of love. There's another reason why I see the church is important. The church is important because of service. God has us here in order to serve. If you look back in verse 24, it says, And let us be concerned about one another in order to promote love. And what's the next words? Good works. We're to promote love and good works. Now, now good works is simply talking about serving other people. A, a primary objective of the church, and by the way, the church is not a building, the church is people. The primary objective of God's people is to go out and to serve others. Now, here's what I've learned. It is a whole lot easier for me to talk about serving other people than it is to actually serve other people. It is a whole lot easier for me to talk about where people need help than it is for me to actually go out and try to help meet people's needs. Y'all, I, I am a good talker, but I struggle at being a doer. And I think many of us do. And I think for some of you, your, your motives and, and, and the reasons why you feel that way are better than mine. For, for many of us, we, we think of Christian service as something that is so difficult. I mean, typically think, if I'm going to serve God, here's what I've got to do. I've got to either be a preacher, I've got to be the guy who stands up here and leads people in music, or I've got to be a missionary. And we think that is what it means to be serving as a Christian. And 90% of people are going to say, I can't do those things. You know, that's not where I feel like I'm gifted. And I think what happens so many times is that we make service something that is really complicated and difficult when it's, it's really not all that complicated and difficult. See, the church has been called to serve, and if God calls us to do something, it's, it's not like he says, hey, it's going to be rocket science to try to figure this out. 
let, let me try to share with you some ways that we as a church, as people, can serve others. Some simple stuff. Okay, when, when you come here, when somebody says, what's something I can do today? Here's, here's one thing you can do today. You, you can look around, don't look around right now, but you can look around, you might say, you know, there's some people here that I've never seen before. Maybe that's their first time here, or maybe it's, you know, maybe it's just been a, been a while since I've been in this service. You know, you know one way you can serve? Is you can, you can go up to those people and introduce yourself, give them a greet them. Hey, I'm glad you're here. Tell me your name. That's, that's an act of service. You know another way that you can serve? Another way that you can serve is when you're at your home, you might have some friends or some people that you know in your neighborhood. Invite them over to your house to eat. Say, I'd like to, I'd like to come over and eat dinner with you. Why, why would you do that? Just, just as a way to develop conversation, a way for you to actually ser- literally serve them food. Uh, here's another way that you can serve. Okay, now, look, if you're sitting next to somebody, look at the person to your left. There might not be anybody to your left because this is the first service. Okay, then look at the person next to you and to your right. All right, see those people? Okay, what I want you to do is one way that you can serve is you say, okay, I'm going to remember these people. Now, if you don't know their name, you need to introduce yourself. Just remember, what's your name? Okay, so get their name. And one thing that you can do this week to serve is say, this week I'm going to pray for the person on my left or my right this entire week. That's service. And that's, that's not something that's, that's difficult. That's not something that's hard. But our goal should be as a church to remember we are not a self-serving entity. We are not simply here for ourselves. We are gathering together in order to leave here spurred on to serve other people and to love people. But if we just decide that we're simply going to serve ourselves and we're just simply going to take it all in but never let any of it out, I'll tell you something, you're going you're gonna to stagnate and you're going to lose life. I remember the very first time I went to the Dead Sea in Israel. It was absolutely beautiful. It was shocking me. And it's called the Dead Sea. I thought when we get there, it was going to be stinky. thought that it was going to be murky, nasty, muddy water. We got there. The water was blue. Isn't that weird? And I got in there, and I'm looking around, and, and, and as you look down, the water's clear, and it looked like there were clouds in the water. What it was, it's these salt pillars that are in the water. And uh, it's, it's the world's saltiest body of water. I, I, I got in there. I was in there with my kids. We got in there. You, you, it is the weirdest feeling in the world. You get in that water, and you cannot sink. I mean, I, I could stand straight up, and I was bobbing up and down like a buoy. It was, it, was, it was the coolest thing. It was great. Now, even though it was beautiful, it was dead. You know why it was dead? There's a couple reasons, but one of the primary reasons is that it receives all of its water from the Jordan River, and it runs into the Dead Sea, and the Dead Sea has no outlet. It simply collects water. Now, in that area, it's got a lot of minerals and a lot of salt there, but because it has no outlet, then all that water comes in, and it stagnates. And there is nothing that is able to live in that water. Guys, I think that is a picture of what can happen to us as people, what can happen to us as a church, when all we do is simply receive things from God, we receive blessings, but we're never willing to share. What happens is we just simply collect it all, and then we stagnate, and we have no life, and we have no vitality. So the question is, how do we have life? How do we have vitality? You know how, how, how it is? You have an outlet, and that outlet is that you serve others. And that will bring you life. 
famous American psychiatrist, Dr. Carl Menninger, was asked a question at a conference, and he was asked, what, what should a person do if they feel a nervous breakdown coming on? And everybody thought he's going to say, I mean, go to a psychiatrist. What he said is, go across the railroad tracks, find someone in need, and serve them. He said, because service brings life. Guys, it's absolutely true for the church as well. Is serving important for the church? Yeah, it's important for us spiritually because it gives a picture of the God that we serve. Jesus said in Matthew 20, 28, The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So, so why is the church important? Well, the church is important to our lives because, because of love. It's important to us because of service. And here's the last thing I want us to see. The church is important today because of support. The church gives us support. If you look in verse 25, it says, We are not to stay away from our meetings, as some habitually do, but encouraging each other and all the more as you see the day drawing nearer. Now, apparently, there was a real problem with the people that were, were written to here of them not gathering together for worship. There are some people who are struggling doing that. Now, we're not given the reasons why they weren't coming together, but I, can, I, I have a couple of guesses I can make. One, remember that the church during this time, they're being persecuted because of their faith. And if that's me, my, here's part of my thinking. Hey, let's don't get together, because if we do, we become easy targets. Y'all, I am all about me and watching out for myself. If we get together, somebody might try to shoot us. And so let's just skip this whole church thing. And that could have been one reason. Uh, but I also have a sneaking suspicion that another reason why people weren't gathering together for church, you know, apathy. You know, why, why bother? You know, one of the things I hear over and over again as a pastor is I hear this. You know, I really don't go to church that often, but, it, but here's why. It's because I can, I, I do a lot of good worshiping when I'm in the deer stand. You know, I, I, I really have the good time of worship whenever I'm at the football game or at the ball field. Now, I'm going to give you this. Let me tell you something. You can worship God anywhere. You can worship God in the deer stand. You can worship God, my favorite, fishing. You can worship God anywhere. But those things are never to take precedence over believers gathering together corporately in order to worship God. Now, why is that? Is it so that the pastor can make a living? Yes. No, I'm kidding. That's not why. So what's the reason? Well, here's a couple of reasons of why we are to gather together. For one, we are called the body of Christ. Romans chapter 12 talks about the different parts of the body. And the body of Christ is to gather together, to fellowship and worship together. Now, there's no such thing as a Lone Ranger Christian. And if you're a part of the body of Christ, and yet you never connect with the body, think about how, how well is a head going to do if it's not attached to the body? Not very well. Um, how well um, are, are your, how, how, how mobile are you going to be if your feet are not attached to your ankles? Well, you're not going to go very far. Right, so, so the idea here is we gather together because the fact of the matter is we need each other. Now, I don't want this just to, to simply tie into Sunday mornings only. Now, I, do, I do a good job, have y'all noticed this? I do a good job of gathering together for worship on Sundays with y'all. I, I, a lot of y'all do the first services, y'all do are great. But, you know, that it also extends beyond Sunday where the body of Christ gathers together. 
You know, one of the best things that we have in our church is our, our B group ministry. Where we get together during the week and we look at scripture together and we get to know each other and we learn how to pray for each other and we know what's going on in the people's lives. We know each other on a much more intimate level. If you're not a part of a V group, I, man, I'll encourage you to look in your bulletin and see some of the V groups that we have so that, so that that can be a place where you can connect. But these groups can hold you with the c- accountability, can give you fellowship, can give you biblical guidance. See, whenever we gather together as a body that we gain strength. I think a good example of this is the Redwood Forest in California. I don't, I don't know if any of y'all have ever been there before, but those are the tallest trees in the world. Um, one, of, one of the trees, it's the tallest tree in the world, it stands at over 390 feet tall. It is massive. But here's what's interesting about the Redwood Forest. Those Redwood trees have shallow roots. Tallest trees in the world, but very shallow roots. Now, if those trees stood by themselves... They'd fall over because the root system's shallow. But when they're together in a forest, their roots interlock with each other. And so all those trees that are so tall, they gain strength and support from one another, and they're able to stand firm. That is a good picture of the church and why it's necessary. Guys, for us as believers, we are called to lock our roots together within the church in order to hold one another up and help each other bear this enormous weight of life. God has developed a solid support system for us in life. It's called the church, and it is vitally important even today. Why is it important? Because of love, because of service, and then finally, because of support. Now, maybe you're a believer, and you say, you know about I'm not plugged in anywhere. You know, I don't have that support system. In a lot of ways, I'm like a Lone Ranger Christian right now. Hey, let me encourage you to do something. Let me encourage you to find a place to belong, to find a group of believers that you can join in with. Now, my, you know, if it's, if it's Village Church, that's great. I encourage you to come, be a part. Uh, April 19th, we have our Discovering Village Church class. That's a class you take in order to become a part of the church. I encourage you to sign up for it. There might be others of you, though, and you say, you know what, the fact of the matter is, when it comes down to it, I'm a, I'm a follower of God, but I have not made, I've not made the church, the, my fellow group of believers, I've not made that a priority in my life. My encouragement to you is make it a priority in your life. Because, guys, we, as we are living in an increasingly dark world, we're going to find out even more so that we need each other. We need each other. Rumor has it, church isn't all that important. Guys, the Bible says that the church is vitally important. It is the body of Christ, and we have been called to gather together that we might be a light in a world that is dark. (laughs) 